Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Stop fighting God. Stop rebelling against Him. Allow Him to be Lord of your life. You'll never know peace until you accept Jesus Christ as the sovereign of your world, the sovereign of your life. Francis Roberts said, Finding God, you have no need to seek peace, for He Himself is your peace. Peace is the subject of today's message, and Pastor Ed takes some time to remind us that being a peacemaker really comes from being at peace with God. If we're trying to do things our own way and fighting God's direction tooth and nail, how can we feel peaceful about our spiritual walks with Him? And how can we truly live in peace with others? Pastor Ed urges us to let go today to surrender our stubborn will and let God fill us with His love and His grace and ultimately His peace. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9, with part one of his message entitled, The Peacemakers. We've been in a series on the Beatitudes. These ought to be our attitudes. They describe our way of finding blessing with God. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Jesus Christ was prophesied by Isaiah the prophet to be the prince of peace. He said in Isaiah 9, 6, Unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given. He'll be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. When he was born, the angelic host announced in Luke's gospel 2, 14, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus was born to bring peace. He lived, and in his life, he brought peace. He said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. In his death, he died so that we could have peace with God and peace with one another and peace within. For it reads in Colossians 1, 20, that he was made our peace through the blood of the cross. Jesus Christ is peace for us. But a world said we wouldn't have him. We won't have him as king. And they rejected him. He wept over the city of Jerusalem and he said, only if you knew the day of your visitation, the day of your peace, that Jerusalem means city of peace, but they rejected the day, the hour of their visitation. And ever since then, they've been filled with turbulence and war. And that's the parable of every life that goes on its own, rejecting Christ. It was back in 1900 when Argentina and Chile were constantly involved in a bloodbath of war. They were fighting over their boundaries Finally, the conflict came to an end when they signed a treaty. 
And right on the boundaries between Argentina and Chile, in the Andes Mountain, they put a huge statue of Christ made of the cannons that were melted down. Jesus Christ is the answer for every troubled heart, for every troubled life, for every turbulent relationship. He came to bring us peace. And by accepting and receiving, we invite God to come in and reign in peace over us. Now, we are the recipients of peace. In Matthew 5, 9, it says, blessed are the peacemakers. How do you respond when someone's hurt you? Maybe they've gossiped about you. Maybe they've somehow wronged you at work. Some ambitious person that doesn't care who's around them just climbs over the top of all his fellow employees. Maybe it's that neighbor that doesn't care that their cat walks on top of your car or their dog visits your yard every so often. How do you deal with your enemies? How would you deal with someone who's maybe a teacher of one of your children and that teacher just doesn't give your child a fair shake? Or maybe it's that coach that doesn't give them an opportunity to play in the game and shortchanges them. Well, what would you do if someone took the life of your child? How would you feel? God has been sinned against by humanity. We've taken the life of his son. We have violated his laws. We, as it were, shook our fist in his face when we will say, I want to live my life my way. He's the creator. We're the creation. But yet we want to be Lord of the universe, at least our own universe. What did God do? We were at enmity with God. Well, God took the first step in signing a peace treaty. He signed it in the blood of the cross, in the blood of his son. He pursued us and is pursuing us. We can have peace with God. In Romans 5, 1, it reads, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't find peace in some meditation or in the bottom of a bottle or in some bar or in some relationship. Peace is found in Christ. It says in Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace. In Colossians 1.20, we made reference to, By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Listen, put up the white flag. Stop fighting God. Stop rebelling against him. Allow him to be Lord of your life. You'll never know peace until you accept Jesus Christ as the sovereign of your world, the sovereign of your life. Francis Roberts said, Finding God, you have no need to seek peace, for he himself is your peace. To live independent from God is to be at war with God. It's to be fighting against him. 
and it's to live in a constant state of internal conflict. Some people are walking civil wars. It's only when a person comes to God and surrenders to Him. Someone said, for most men, the world is centered in self, which is misery. To have one's world centered in God is peace. That's the only way to find it. That's the only place to find it, in God. Jeremiah tells us God's plans concerning us when he says, For I know my thoughts, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, peace with God is blessed with the peace of God. When we make peace with God, we can enjoy the peace of God. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thirteen epistles Paul penned. Every single one of them, he introduces the concept of peace. Those churches went through turbulent times. They were persecuted. They went through trials and troubles. But Trials and troubles don't have to get on the inside of us. God's peace can hold us in the midst of every trial and every trouble and every tribulation. That's the promise. Look at Jesus. His life was filled with troubles and trials. There were those who opposed him. There were those who maligned him. There were those who forsook him. There were those who betrayed him. But yet, in the midst of all of that, he could say, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And then in John 16, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace rules the day when Christ rules the mind. Peace rules the day when Christ rules the mind. Allow Christ to guard your mind. Allow him to guard your heart and he'll keep you in perfect peace. There was a handicapped teenager in high school. He walked around on crutches. He couldn't participate in the sport and the events. He couldn't participate in the extra school activities. One day someone said, why do you always have a smile? What happened? Why are you so crippled? He said, well, I had polio. He said, well, that must have been terrible. Why aren't you bitter? He said, because it touched me here, but it never touched me here. And God's peace will keep the trials from touching you here and here. Nations are in constant conflict. I think about the UN trying to somehow work out peace treaties. I've heard it said that every single peace treaty that's ever been signed has been broken. I don't know if that's true, but I know the great majority of them have been. Listen, we can never have peace between nations until you have peace within a nation. And you can never have peace within a nation until you have peace within the 
regions of that nation. And you never can have peace within the regions unless there's peace within the community. And you can never have peace within the community unless you have peace within the home. And you can never have peace within the home unless there's peace in the hearts of those who live in that home. Peace comes only through the Prince of Peace. And God promises us that if we would be poor in spirit, recognize our spiritual bankruptcy, our need of God, if we would mourn over our sins and we would come with repentant hearts to God, if we would be so transformed inside that we would hunger for his righteousness and we would be meek under his control, and we would be merciful because we've received so much and then we had a pure heart. You know what would happen? We would be peacemakers. You can't be a peacemaker without being pure in heart because you have too many agendas inside, because you yourself are divided, because you have too many conflicting things going on on the inside. But the pure in heart can be peacemakers. We are propagators of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Some people live in a perpetual state of being offended. They do. They, they get offended at everything. That's because self is at the center. That's because self is on the throne. You know, there was a book written... The book was called The Games People Play. Eric Burney uh, labeled one of these games, these interpersonal games, Let's You and Him Fight. That was one of the chapters. Let's You and Him Fight. You know, I remember kids in my neighborhood as we were growing up. We'd enjoy seeing a fight. Well, that's the way we were. We were kids in Brooklyn. What do you want? <laughs> and so... You know, if there wasn't a good fight, we'd try and drum one up. we go to one guy, hey, you know what he said about you? Hey, you know what he said about your mom? Oh, man. You know what he said over here about uh, you? And so we'd get some fights going and we'd watch them. Well, some people never put away childish things. They never grow up. They pass on words of gossip. And even if some things are true, why do you have to repeat it? It seems like entertainment for them is creating conflicts. Entertainment for them is creating divisions. Proverbs 6.16 says this. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him. And you know what the seventh thing is? A man who stirs up dissension among the brothers. God looks at us and our hearts and he asks us to be peacemakers. We need to be peacemakers with others. In Hebrews 12, 14 it reads, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
Some people because they have a living civil war going on inside want to create an outward atmosphere that corresponds to the inward condition of their heart and mind and soul and spirit. And so their comfort zone is this war going on in the inside. And so wherever they go, trouble follows them. Peace ought to follow us, not trouble. We're called to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Listen, if you are constantly thinking in your mind negative thoughts about this one, that one, the other one, if you have a critical spirit, you know what's happened? Satan, the accuser of the brethren, has set up camp in your head. You need to expel him, and the Prince of Peace needs to come into your mind so that you begin to think like Jesus, and you begin to esteem others better than yourself. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We need to be building bridges towards others, not walls. We need to make peace between others. Not only make peace with others, but between others. In Romans 14, 19, it reads this, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Now, being a peacemaker is dangerous. I'm told that a police officer is in danger when he goes and deals with uh, domestic violence. That's one of the most dangerous situations for a police officer to be in. It's dangerous because he may be shot, he may be physically abused. It's dangerous to be a peacemaker. It put Jesus on the cross. You know that's the results of living a beatitude type of life? Jesus tells us in the last beatitude, you'll be persecuted. Don't expect the applause of the world. Now, being a peacemaker isn't peace at any price. It's not just acquiescing to whatever people want to do. No, we hold righteousness high. We value purity of heart. We value the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not living a life of compromise at all. No, it's not that at all. Jesus didn't compromise, but he was a peacemaker. It's peace on God's terms. We possess peace. It should emanate from your life. Ever notice you're around somebody, their emotions just emanate out of them? If they're depressed, it's written all over them. You know, they broadcast it. If they're fearful, it emanates. If they're angry, it just radiates. We ought to be that way with peace. Peace ought to radiate from our very lives, from our countenance, our conversation. We need to preserve the peace. So frequently, this turmoil in the home, turmoil in the church, we have to be able to say to the world, look 
at how people from various backgrounds, nationalities, from uh, different economic standings, look how we all get together and we get along. Why? Because Jesus reigns in our heart and he binds us together because the Prince of Peace rules and reigns in his church. We need to promote peace. When people cross our paths, are they better able to cope with the difficulties of life? Do we pass on to them something that strengthens them? When people cross your path, do they feel encouraged? And are they building bridges because they've spent time with you? I remember Brother Greco. I often refer to him because I remember just his godly life. He suffered from crippling arthritis. He was in pain much of the time. But there was an aura of peace about his life. You sense the peace of God. In spite of his physical condition, he had the sense of the presence of God with him. And I could still remember warring parties. We were in a almost all Italian church, and you know how Italians can get. I'm part Italian, you know. But uh, they, they can get at each other. And he, people were ready to fight and tear each other's heads off. And he'd bring them into the office and they'd go out hug, hugging each other. Just go out, you know, friends. When people come into our presence, do we make them think better of others or worse? Oh, let me tell you what she said about you. Did you know? It's amazing. We could have conflicts in the church, whether we sing choruses or hymns whether we sing fast songs or slow songs we draw up all sorts of battle lines we need to be peacemakers not troublemakers our life is to proclaim peace to promote peace to proclaim peace our life should be a benediction Someone said, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You give them a piece of your mind, you'll lose your peace. It's been said, where people are praying for peace, the cause of peace is being strengthened by the very act of prayer. For they themselves become immersed in the spirit of peace. My final and last point we're ambassadors of peace. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. In that Greek language, in the order of the words, it goes like this, that they, no others, shall be called the sons of God. What God is saying here is they, they alone, are going to be the sons of God. Those people who spread the message of peace. Those people who bring others into relationship with God. We ought to be evangels, as it were. We ought to be those spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. People are in conflict with one another. They're in conflict with themselves because they're in conflict with God. Until you get it right with God, you're not going to get it right with others. When you get it right with God, then you'll get it right with others. And if you're not right with others you can't be right with God amen see God tells us in his word if he has something against your brother go to him and tell him 
Don't come in the church and bring the gift to the altar if you're not right with Him. God's watching how we respond to one another. He watches our relationship to our spouses, our relationship to our children, our relationship to our co-workers. See, that's all an act of worship to God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from the Gospel of Matthew and Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Beatitudes. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select Today's Date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. We'd also like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Beatitudes right here on Voice of Faith.